is a symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, we may be on the brink of an international crisis. Earlier on, Hulk Hogan had told me that after his title defense tonight, the Soviet flag will never fly. In arenas here in the United States, Nikolai Volkov. Tonight, I will beat, I will beat Hogan for the title and I will take belt back to Russia. And then, if I have a war come between those two countries, I will have no guilty conscience push the missile button to destroy you or all. All right, your thoughts on this, Fred Plassey? Beware, my fellow Americans. This man always means what he says. Get ready, Hulk Hogan, to meet Nikolai Volkov for the World Heavyweight Championship. You know something? I want all my fellow Americans out there to rest easy, brother, because the Hulkster's here. As far as that no-good Russian Nikolai Volkov goes, he's no threat to me, and he's no threat to America. I don't want you to get me wrong because the Hulkster's red hot about this situation. The way that Russian goes all around the country waving that Russian flag in front of all young, all of our young Americans, that just gets me red hot. I got one promise for you. After tonight, after Hulkamania runs wild, there's only going to be one flag waving in this country. That's the red, white, and the blue just for you. about her she's going to see all cold grand cheese mass but hey now welcome to the 24 in podcast is that you paula yes it is me britney's out of here yes britney's out of here she's a little bit crazy seem like a jabroni yeah she wanted to go see hulk hogan but she's actually going to see to to going to um the chiefs game uh, yeah to the chiefs game she's really funny and now, so we have our host, Steve Bennett, your other host, Paul Bennett, and our third host, Dave. Dave. Hollywood Dave. It's a 24-inch podcast. Uh, what do we got here? Season three. I'm going to be late on the next one. You're going to be late? Yeah. Where so are you going to be? You're going to have, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to be reblocking my uh, routine tomorrow Next oh for thing. for cheerleading yeah how did cheerleading go today we got first place first place get out of here i know is it your first first place ribbon yeah how did you do good good yeah do you want to see the girl that's coming next yeah her name is wild mara wild mara yeah who is she 
See somebody who volunteered. I was, I see somebody who volunteered. I asked somebody who was gonna volunteer to host for me while I'm gone reblocking my cheer thing. Mm. So I'm a little nervous here because I don't. She has no clue. Starting on a second, because I want to mention it's the 24 inch podcast number 43, the 43rd episode. Paul and Steve here starting Woo! out. Dave will join us in a minute, and tonight we are talking about Saturday night's main event number two, recorded in Dave's neck of the woods, New Jersey. Like the news. Hi, we're going to see what's happening in your country of the woods. We will do the news later as well, as Paula mentioned. (laughs) Uh, And we'll cover Hulk Hogan's match versus Nikolai Volkov. Dude. What does he do? America. Well, that's his partner, but what what does he do? That pisses off Hacksaw. He sings. I don't know how to say it. I yeah, he <laughs> sings the Russian national anthem, right? Yeah, and Hacksaw comes like. <laughs> yeah. So that's the show for today. What we're going to do is we'll talk to Paul here for a few minutes. We'll take a break. We'll bring Dave on. Uh, and we will do a bio of Nikolai and of the Meadowlands. Then we'll find out where Hulk was in October of 85. And we'll take a break. We'll cover Saren's main event too, including the Hillbilly Wedding. And Hillbilly, 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 will you marry me? Who gave Hillbilly his boots? Um, I am the tiger. That's I right. forgot. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting confused with the Taylor's I am the tiger. Taylor Swift, because I'm in her mood. Right now, I like her. And, and the, uh, the A in another eye. Because there's a Taylor Swift version. Um, there's a Taylor Swift version. I'm sure it stinks. Yeah, but it's like. I am the eye of the tiger, and you're gonna hear me roar. That sucks. You're right. It's it gets better, but the the music video was when Taylor Swift was young. It's based off something she was going to try off karate. Oh, she, she pooped her pants at one time. Dad. What? Yeah. Oh. She um tried to, but she had to do dance. She only thought it was a fart, but then it was. Dad! What? It's not about that. Oh. Try not to scream in the microphone. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, see, but back, she tried to make it off when girls could only do, like, dance and stuff. They couldn't do, like, boy sports. They could only do, they can only do, like, dance and cheer and stuff, girls. Okay. And then the, she made, she showed the um coach what she can do. Mm. She can do. And then she was on the team, and their team went first because of her. And then yeah. when did she accidentally poop her pants? No, Dad. Just no. You're, you're, you're. Did you ever have that happen to you? Where you think you just got a fart, and you fart, and it's a little bit more than a fart? It's a shark? <laughs> what? Maddie, if Taylor Swift is listening to this, she will be mad at you. Oh, no. So stop saying it. It's actually rude. Oh. Sorry, people who actually like Taylor Swift. Who's that? Sorry, baby. You got any emails tonight? I do. What do you got? Here's some. So we have one from. Her name is. Let me check really quick. Oh, Taylor. 
Her name is Jojo Siwa. Her name is Taylor, and she wants to know, what do you do when you accidentally poop your pants? Taylor. Her name's Joe. All right, what does Joe want? Joe, I'm Jojo. Her name's Jojo, but she's not the person, Jojo. She's not the singer. She's one of my friends at dance. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, um, she um, gave us a question. If the whole, if wrestlers were dressed like a uniform going to a dance recital, what would they look like and what would they be? Okay, so we got to pick out a few wrestlers to go to a dance recital. And what would they wear? So I'm going to go. It's like our game that we play. Okay. So what's that? we're going to, so we got to pick out. Got it. A dance recital. Go ahead. You start. Okay, so uh, right, we're going to do three in the school that's hosting it. So I'm going to steal... NT High School. Okay. Because I'm from NT. Sure. And then we're going to have Jumbo, please. Hulk Hogan. Hulkster will be at the dance recital. What's yes. he wearing? He can be wearing his ballet costume from the nanny. <laughs> nanny? Okay. Good I call. think it's just hilarious. And his partner could be the little groom. They're going to be doing the same dance that he was doing. Good call. Okay, next we have Drumbo, please again. Ricky Sebo. Oh. He could be doing a he could be doing a dance called Dragon, mm -hmm. and he could be wearing a dragon costume. He had nothing to his key. Yeah. Okay. And it can his song's like I'm a dragon and I'm an Aurora. I'm here right now. Okay. It's 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 from like when you were on Ford. Okay. It was like one of the first songs I did. Okay. And yeah. who's your last one? And my last one's going to be... Drummo, please. <laughs> macho! Oh, the macho man. <laughs> okay, he could be wearing... I do not want to say this. Okay. He could be wearing a leotard that says... I'm a pretty girl in a pretty world. Oh. I'm a pretty, a pretty girl. And this girl's going to say that every single I'm going to be embarrassed. Oh, boy. That's wild. All right, I'll have a couple more dancers to the event. Earthquake's going to be there. <coughs> Excuse me, I have a little cough. Yeah, me too. The Earthquake's going to be there, and he's going to do tap. Oh. And at first, his taps are going to be. And then he's going to turn him into an earthquake. And the whole place is going to shake. So that's the earthquake. He's going to do Wait, his tap. Wait, can I see my um people? Hulk Hogan's ballet. Um, Ricky Steamboat, Tip Hop. Um, modern, probably. Modern yeah. and... Um, Macho sounded like hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. hip-hop. Yeah, and then... So then my other dancer from the jazz class um, is Jimmy Hart. And uh, he's going to come out in spandex. <laughs> With a tutu, and he's gonna do a jazz-inspired number to one of his songs, "Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo." It's gonna be a, a showstopper. Sorry, it's just hilarious. Yep. And then my last dancer is gonna be Captain Lou Albano. Oh, I know what dance he should be in. He's gonna be doing freestyle dancing to "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." I made that song. You did it, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Sorry, Breast. Is he still alive? No. 
Sorry, rest in peace that we said that to you. Sorry, but it's just kind of funny to say. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any other emails? Two more. One more. Fine, one more. Okay. It's from, you actually like this one. Okay. I said, I um, asked her. It's from Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Oh, nice. Okay, what's Drew Brees have to say to us today? Um, he said, if a wrestler was a football player, what team would he be on? And what number would he be? Well, it's, here's the thing. There has been a bunch of wrestlers who are football players. Want me to tell you some? Brock Lesnar was a football player for the Minnesota Vikings. Save it for your turn. Save it for your turn. I thought it was my turn. Oh, it is. Sorry. Sorry. Brock Lesnar. Stone Cold Steve Austin played football. <gasps> Ted DiBiase. Tully Blanchard. <gasps> the American Dream, Dusty Rose. American Dream, people. Yeah, so lots, lots of football players became wrestlers. What do you got? So first, I'm going to go with. They're gonna be, I'm going to be sticking with NT High School. Okay, they're going to be NT High School football players. Okay, so first we have number one. We're going to do all the way up to number four. Okay. It can be any number. We're just going to do four people. Okay, who you so got? So I'm going to make this dude number one because okay. he is number one, Hulk Hogan. Okay. I'm technically stealing Hulk Hogan from He you. should be quarterback probably. I'm making him quarterback? Mm-hmm. And what was the other thing that he told us? He could probably play tight end, too. He's got good size. I think he would be a good or a defensive end. Receiver, end. A, receiver. a wide receiver? Yeah, because for the people who tackle, mm-hmm. I think he would good because it's just like body slamming, but this way. Good point. So I think he would be a good tackler. Okay, give me a couple more. And he's going to be wearing a different You got to talk into the mic, though. The show's over he's here. He's going to be a... Um, Wearing a different jersey than the NT one. Okay. Well, he's going to be wearing only red, and his shoes are going to be blue, and his pants are going to be white. Hulk rules. <laughs> so it's like his coat is a little bit more. And next we have The Rock. He played football at the University of Miami. Remember on his show? Yeah. Yeah. I on was, Young Rock? I forgot what, what number we was. But I think he was 90. I'm going to make him 100. Okay. He could be 100, even though that's not a place, only if there's an extra player and they just don't want him to be cut, you know. Right. So we're going to have him be. Okay. And last one. Um, He's going to be wearing a black with blue. But isn't it kind of weird that they're not just all wearing the uniform yeah, of the team? Just, yeah, just through the same uniform. Because otherwise the refs might get confused. and. Yeah. Yeah, so probably just stick him in the NT uniform. Yeah, yeah. and then we're go- and his place is gonna be quarterback. Okay. Cause he was an in young rock quarterback. Okay. Okay, you're next. Why well, do you name mine? But you gotta say where, what they wear. Oh, you want me number. specific guys? Yeah. All right, so we'll wear the Saints uniforms. Yes. And I'm gonna get the five biggest guys to play in the offensive line. <laughs> so I'm gonna have King Kong Bundy, Earthquake. My center is gonna be Hillbilly Jim. And on the other side of the line, I'm going to have um, Bam Bam Bigelow and Big John Stud. What about Andre the Giant? Andre the Giant is a good – let's move him to center. Move him to center? Yep. Who's our quarterback? I thought you said Hulk. Oh. Or Rock, you yeah, said. Rock. Young Rock, right? Rock. Oh, we got a good squad. 
I want you to send us emails, 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And add to our football team. Who should play where? Yeah, and some of these people. I'll give you guys a secret, but I'm going to say it. I want my dad to get out of here so he doesn't get too sad. No, go. Okay, I'm out of here. Okay, so I actually don't hope. I don't actually get these messages from real people. Only from JoJo. She asked me this. Like the dance friend, but from um, Drew Brees. I didn't, but Drew Brees, can you please send him one? It would be so nice for him. Thank you. Bye. All right, I'm back. What'd you say? I'm not telling you. Okay. Nobody tell him what I say. You can hear me. No, not tell him what I said. All right, thanks to the lovely Paul. Congratulations again on your first place victory. Thank God. And we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Hollywood Dave. It's Saturday Night Main Event number two tonight on the 24-inch podcast. Ninja Turtles! Thank you for listening to the 24-Inch Podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, 10 Years in the Making. You can find it on Twitter, at sports underscore caster, or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24-Inch Podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast, at 24-Inch Podcast. Email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown Pod. Hey, now we are back. And uh, I want to thank the lovely Paula Bennett for being on the podcast tonight. Uh, And that means now that we've put her to bed, it's time to wake up a man that's truly nocturnal. Uh, a man that lives in Sopranos Town, USA, and a man who was just at the feast wondering where his hat was. A warm <laughs> welcome to Hollywood, Dave Rollins. What's up, Hollywood? Steve, nice to hear from you on a Wednesday night. Uh, it's a little different for us. Usually we record on a Thursday, but here we are on a Wednesday night. And uh, speaking Saints of play Sopra- tomorrow. Saints play tomorrow. Okay, makes sense. Yep. Speaking of Sopranos Town, we just lost Bert Young, old man Bacalao. Well, you should have never been on that hit. That was ridiculous, Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Haku actually just gave me condolences on a DM on Facebook because I, um, I, uh, you know, put put up the story, the picture. Well, it's, good, off it's a... good to know that Haku is looking out for you. Do you yeah, do you yeah, think, very good to know. Do you think Haku believes you have a personal connection to Bert Young? Uh, yeah, I was thinking maybe he didn't know who he was. A, c- a couple people on my post were like, "We're sorry for your loss." I'm like. Like, I did it for Suzanne Summers. Everybody knew, okay, it's Suzanne Summers, you know? But uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, you would think everybody would know who, who that is. Haku, maybe not, you know? But Suzanne Summers, by the way, goes down as one of the all-time beautiful females. Oh, without a doubt. I, I mean, from, 100% agree. From the moment she stepped on the scene till the last time she was... She never lost she it. She was always beautiful. But I'm surprised neither one of those characters, Suzanne Summers or Burt Young, never made an appearance on uh, WWF in one shape or in form or another. You'd think they would have. You uh, know, Suzanne was on Howard a lot. Her and her husband would come on Howard a yes. lot. Yes, yes. Uh, they were always great on there. Um, I was on a show 
What's on Pluto or something like that. Jen- Jennifer Smith from the North South Connection is the host. And we watched a couple episodes of Three's Company. And I remember when she came on the scene, we were both just kind of blown away by her beauty. Yeah. You know, like, because yeah, we, we hadn't seen her in a while, especially at that age. You know, and when she came on, just like, oof. And then still beautiful and step by step. You know, still beautiful selling those leg press things. Time Master, whatever those were. My mom had one, I remember. <laughs> uh, my mom always had those, like, TV workout tapes and, like, R- Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies. And she worked out on VHS. That was her thing. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, just always beautiful and hot and um, really nice. She was always, like, a really nice person on Howard and stuff. Like Yeah. Just, yeah, so. It's a very, very big loss. I was actually at the feast when I got the text that that happened. And yep. now we got Bert. Now we got Bert Young, who's connected to the feast because of the Sopranos. Yep. You know, and now because uh, and people that don't know the Sopranos got the idea that episode the ride where they bring the statue around and put the money on it. Right. Where from Paulie's the feast, cheap. Yeah. Where Paulie's cheap, they want to pay for that. The feast of Saint Gerard, Saint Lucy's Church in Newark, New Jersey, is where I was that Sunday. That's where they got the idea from that. My uncle used to take me as a little boy, and I would take my mother every year. But uh, things come in three, Steve. So I'm a little worried now. Who could be next? You know. Yeah, hopefully it's a heel. Old. You know, hopefully it's a heel. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it is. It's some terrorist or something. Yeah, no, but I mean, we're we're, face. we're we're getting old, man. Showing all our childhood. You know, the people we knew or they're going. You know what's always crazy this. to me is I'll think about like the first people I jerked off to. You know, like that era. Hmm. You know, like the first twelve or thirteen people in your spank bank. Okay. And you think about how now I have young parents, so it doesn't totally work out for you, but so I'll think about like let's say Kathy Ireland, right? Right. One of the first people in my spank bank. I had the swimsuit edition, got it taken away from me at Catholic school. Then she was in that unnecessary roughness movie, the football movie. She was a kid. Yeah, I remember it, yeah. yeah. Slot movies. Um, but uh I was thinking about her recently and I was like Oh, I want to look her up. And then I realize she's born in 1963. She's only four years older than my mother. Wow. You know, so since I had younger parents, the females around that, my 12, 13 year age, they're all born around the time of my mother and like are her (laughs) age now. Makes you feel a little weird, I guess, right? It does. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even Tiffany Thiessen. I mean, she's closer to our age, though. But, but, you know, she was a teenager at the time. So, you know, we became yeah, she's gotta enamored be, uh, with her. Yeah, like my you know, she's age, like the 70s, like that, yeah. you know, born in the 70s or whatever. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, exactly. 1974. She's so she's only about five, six years older than us. Like an older sister. Yeah. So. But, yeah, everyone else, anyone who was like an adult, you know, those. Baywatch, Baywatch was the big thing for me back back then, I think, my beginnings. <laughs> How old was um, Ellie with an eye? She, I think she's sneaky old too. Yeah, sixty three. Wow. Yeah, because her and Danielson were old in that movie. Yeah, yeah. The uh, D- Danielson was like in, like twenty seven or something crazy like that, right? Well, yeah, she was twenty one. So sixty three. So eighty four. She was twenty one. And uh, let's see, Daniel was. Uh, let's see, Ralph, because he's. I mean, he's getting close to seventy. That's unbelievable. He looks almost the same. Yeah. So does well, John uh, John Lawrence. 
He's 61. He's one year older than my mother, the karate kid. Something with, something with that movie, nobody ages. All three of them. John Lawrence. They, uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Billy, Billy Zapka. Billy Zapka. And yeah. uh, William Zapka. Uh, Ralph Macchio. And uh, Elizabeth Shue. They all don't. They all, all three of them. It's, it's, it's like uh, the uh, the reverse curse of the Karate Kid. Yeah, Zapko is, is 57, so he's the youngest of the three. Yeah. He was born in 65, but even still. So he was 19. He was the most age-appropriate of the three of them. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we talked, Paula talked, and I talked a little bit about how tonight we're going back to 1985, one year after the release of the Karate Kid. And uh, we're going to talk about Saturday Night's main event number two. Um, which was in your neck of the woods. Right here in the Meadowlands. In the Meadowlands. Now, we've talked about the Meadowlands before, Dave. Um, sure we'll, we'll go over it quick. I mean, it's a legendary arena, certainly for our purposes. Um, it's been had many names, right? <laughs> Brendan Byrne Arena, Continental Airlines Arena, the Izod Center, the Meadowlands. You know, I always kind of called it Brendan Byrne Arena because uh, that's what it was when I was a big hockey fan and. Um, watching wrestling around this time, like at this at this time, it's called Brendan Byrne Arena, right? From eighty one to ninety six, that's what it was called. Funny though, the the event center is always called it the Meadowlands Arena. At least from when I started watching wrestling on, I don't know. By the time it switched over to Continental, that was ninety six. There was no more event centers. I don't think it was some crazy shit they did on Superstars. I, I think yeah, they call it they call it Continental Arena. But like, if you look at SummerSlam '89, Tony Schiavone said, "Welcome to the Meadowlands Arena." I wonder if there's some like reason why. I think it's always. I think it's always the Meadowlands Arena, right? Because it's the arena at the Meadowlands. So no matter what the corporate yeah. sponsor is, it's still the Meadowlands, right? Like always. Well, a toss it is in Jersey, right here. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think in general too, like it, it, it's not incorrect to call it the Meadowlands Arena. No, no, no. You know, because it's an arena in the area that is the Meadowlands. Right. Um, there's uh, in, uh, I think it was 94 or 95, something like that, the Sabres and the Devils played in the in the playoffs, the hockey playoffs, and they had a really long overtime, like four or five overtime game, um, and it was in Buffalo. And uh, if the Devils won that game, they would have went on to the next round. And if the Sabres won, it would go to game seven, but it would be back in New Jersey at the Meadowlands. And our... Our announcer, who just passed away, Rick Jenneret, is kind of a famous hockey announcer. And when we scored the goal, he said that uh, this series is going back to where Jimmy Hoffa is. Buried. Yep. So one of his kind of famous lines um, <laughs> after a goal, which is pretty good. Uh, pretty good. After the Sabres won now, and then the Devils won Game Seven, then eventually lost to the Rangers in the conference finals in Game Seven. Um, but yeah, Meadowlands Arena. It opened in 1981. Uh, they broke ground for it in 79. It opened in 81. It closed in 2015. It's still there. I told this story before when I was in New Jersey a couple of years ago. Um, it was all lit up and kind of open um, when I was driving back from from when I met you, Dave, when we met for the football game. 2021. Yeah, yeah it was open. Like the, the Zamboni doors and stuff were wide open, and it was all lit up inside. So I don't know if a band was setting up or rehearsing because they use it now for staging for different events. You can go in there and you can stage your tour. You can set up practice or whatever. Um, But I drove all the way around it just to kind of check it out because it was 
I mean, I couldn't go in or anything, but it was lit up. You can kind of see inside and very you know, iconic looking. Yes, yeah, it's, it's got an iconic look. Like you knew, I knew I was at the Meadowlands just by the look of it. You know, it's got right. that, um, at that 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 look there. Um, and obviously it was uh, home to the to the Devils from '82 to '07, um, and then they went to Newark. Uh, it was also home to the New Jersey Nets. Um, they stayed there from '81 to 2010. Um, and then other small teams, you know, the the roller hockey, the New Jersey Rock and Rollers, which was the team that the great Tim Mangione got his start working for. His oh, my goodness. start in the biz, and the, he worked for the New Jersey Rock and Rollers of the Roller Hockey International League. Doing what? Why don't I know that? Or should I? Uh, yeah, probably. It was his first job, and then um, he went on from there. He did a good job with them and, and went on from there to other jobs, but... uh. Yeah, that was his start. Also, Seton Hall basketballs played there. You know, um, what else? Indoor football type stuff. Um, but oh, indoor soccer. The new, new the New York Cosmos uh, played there as well. Um, concerts, geez, you know everything's played there in terms of concerts. Uh, NCAA tournament games. Uh, the famous Christian Leitner buzzer beater. Duke in Kentucky was there. Uh, the Devils played in the Stanley Cup Finals there four different times, 95, 2000, 2001, and 2003. Jeez, um, what else? Uh, Bruce Springsteen played a six-night run there um, in July of 81. And a 10-night run in 84. And then an 11-night run in 92, almost like he had a top himself every time because then in 99 he did a 15 night run i remember that one very well yeah so many many bruce springsteen concerts bon jovi of course um played many times and sold it out the rolling stones have played there uh queen rush michael jackson played three sold out shows during the bad tour in 88 um doesn't get much more iconic than that so um a legendary United States Arena, really. There's no way around it. Uh, one of the best of all time, um, and it's gone. It's it's gone from from public consumption now. But like I said, still uh, open. I know, like one band that I know has recently used it for staging is Def Leppard. Def Leppard, right? Yeah, right. Uh, before the stadium tour, I believe they set up there. Um, so yeah, so we've talked about it before. I just wanted to go over it real quick again, and obviously a big. Venue for the WWE. Um, it's not in Manhattan, so not Manhattan prices, but close enough. A good spot for them. SummerSlam 89 and 97 were there. Uh, and the reason there was nothing in between was a tax law, um, which they finally overturned um, for the in time for the 97 pay-per-view, which is why the governor was a part of that pay-per-view, if you recall. Yes, I do. Yeah, she, she came out um, yeah. on a podium interview. I was, actually, I was there for 97. So that I'm on TV. <laughs> any special memories or thoughts of the Meadowlands before we move on? Oh my God! I mean, this this is the place where the superstars taping where Andre and Hulk got their trophies on Piper's Pit, which led to WrestleMania three, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, then my first ever wrestling event, August first, nineteen eighty seven, Hogan against Killer Khan, took place right there. I was right there in the Meadowlands for that. First time I ever had aisle seats. You know, at the Meadowlands, I actually had a Royal Rumble there. It was two months. 
after the first Royal Rumble, March of '88, Jake the Snake won. And uh, what 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 a better uh, time to have aisle seats for Royal Rumble, you know? I think it was only a twenty man, but um, oh god, yeah, the memories. I I never got to see Motley Crue there because in, they got banned because in 1990, uh, I wasn't yet going to concerts, and some kid lost his, his hearing. But I did get to see them play the parking lot of Giant Stadium at a bamboozle, so that's close enough out of my 55 times seeing the crew. But um, that's, that's ridiculous. Like got. that kid couldn't have lost his hearing anywhere. I get. I don't, uh, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> that's absurd. so uh, an absurd getting yes. right there. Yeah, really. <laughs> that's funny. Though. Only the crew. Yeah. And only the crew. Too loud. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Nikolai. Nikolai Volkov is the Hulk's opponent tonight in a flag match, which we'll get to later, of course. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his real name. Um, it's very long. Uh, he was born October 14th, 1947, and passed away July 29th, 2018, uh, shockingly before his partner. The very shockingly. Yeah. Died at age 70. Um, he was from uh, Yugoslavia. Um, and died in Maryland, settled in Maryland where he passed away, Glen Arm, Maryland. Um, he grew up in the Socialist Republic of Croatia, which was then part of Yugoslavia. Um, his parents were Ivan and Dragica. Uh, his brother was a Croatian footballer. Uh, his ma- actual middle name was not Nikolai, though he did claim that. Um, and his mother's nick- middle name was not Volkov either, another one of his claims. Um, his grandfather was a world champion in the Greco-Roman wrestling style at the turn of the 20th century. Um, so a little bit of wrestling in his blood. And he was on the Yugoslavia, Yugoslavian weightlifting team until 1967 when he immigrated to Canada after weight, a weightlifting tournament in Vienna, Austria. Uh, he received his training in Calgary from the late great Stu Hart. Uh, followed by his arrival in the United States in 1970. Uh, a fellow Croatian native played the first Soviet Volkov character in American pro wrestling, and his name was uh, uh, Steve Gob. Hmm. Let's see, wait. Steve Gob, Boyn Gaborjevic, wrestled as USSR's Nikolai Volkov in the 60s, and then the character was picked up uh, by Volkov, obviously, later. Uh, he started out, like I said, in Stampede Wrestling um, and then came to the Worldwide Wrestling Federation in 1970 where he worked for Vince Sr. Um, he was managed by Captain Lou Albano um, and he captured the WWF International Tag Team Championship uh, from Tony Marino and Victor Rivera on June 15, 1970. Um his partner at the time was Newton Tatry. Newton Tatry? I don't know. Got me on that one. Yeah, I don't know him. Uh, he then left briefly, came back in 74, um, and that's when he had his memorable run against Bruno. Wasn't he a, a Mongolian at one time? A Mongol? Does it say that anywhere? Um, yeah, Beppo Mongol. Yeah. yeah, was his name once. Also, Boris Bresnikov and the Executioner number three. There you go. Yep. Um, he had the run against Bruno um, in 76. He was a mass, he's Massa's Executioner 
and became the third member with Killer Kowalski and Big John Studd. That's right. Very good. Uh, they captured the World Tag Team Championship, but it was vacated because a third member interfered. He then reverted to the Volkov name. He announced as being from Mongolia, and he had a very successful feud again with Bruno, which, stated, uh, which started when Volkov attacked him. During I think that's on a, a Coliseum video when they would do the way flashbacks and those very early best of ones. That match might be on there, a piece of it. He also had a later feud with Bob Backlund during his tenure as champion as well. He was in the AWA, did Milled South, worked in uh, Japan as well, and then finally returned to the WWF in 1984 for his initial run from 84 to 90. Uh, then left, came back in 92. Um, obviously, his main run, 84 to 87, was with Iron Sheik. They won the tag team titles at WrestleMania 1 um, and had a great run there. Uh, then he was with the Bolsheviks. Then he turned babyface later in his career, um, worked some various promotions, a little bit here and there um, at the end of his career. Um, and then he, 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 re- he basically retired. Um, his last, I guess, probably big thing was being part of the Million Dollar Corporation um, uh-huh. in 95. And he retired. He was around the circuit, so I know he signed a lot, went to a lot of different um, places. He was married to his wife, Lynn. Uh, since 1970, he was considered a family man. You know, he was considered a cheap guy. Um, you know, cooked his own meals, <laughs> ate out of cans. He'd bring the hot plate around with him. Yeah, there. brought the hot plate around. Um, he, he, like I said, he, he settled in the Baltimore, Maryland area. Um, and he even did co- He was a code enforcement officer for Baltimore County later in life as well. And he in, unsuccessfully ran in the Maryland primary republican primary in district seven um didn't win that should have though yeah yeah but he died at his home at the age of 70 days after being released from the hospital where he'd been treated for dehydration and other medical issues the great nikolai Volkov. thoughts yeah i heard that i heard that he he would have lived but he refused like um refused something or or because he he was very very health conscious so he didn't i don't think he wanted to take medicine heart medicine or something I think we still would have had him around. Typical wrestler. That doesn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. You know, hard-headed wrestler or whatever. Right, that, right. They don't have to listen Old to school. doctors. They don't have to do that. Yeah. Whatever. But, yeah. Uh, I think he's one of these guys that, you know, his, his work doesn't translate that well to, to modern day. So I think he takes unnecessary. Like, people we do podcasts with and stuff. Oh, he's so boring. He's so stiff. Oh, he stinks. They just, this is a guy they just can't get. You know, they don't. They, were, get, they, weren't, they weren't watching. Him, yeah, they don't get his importance and how over he was. And, you know, his his singing the anthem, you know, which is maybe the most famous oh, thing he's known for. The heat. Singing the Russian anthem and getting that heat instrumental, obviously, and, and building up the Hacksaw character, among others. I mean, every feud he was in really was centered around. Some wrestler or another being pissed he was singing the Russian National Anthem. Well, he was even Bam Bam's first opponent, WWF. Um, really good, though. I think he gets a bad rap today because his work doesn't necessarily translate. People don't understand completely why he's great, which is why I like doing a show like this because I think we can tell people, like, <laughs> hey, go back and watch this. Remember, this is the 80s, the height of the Cold War. You know, U.S. and Russia, tensions are high, right. and 
It's like the opposite. I can't understand how people could watch wrestling now. <laughs> right. Like, what the hell's going on? We don't like get jumping it. beans going all over yep. the place. Nothing that makes any sense. <laughs> Good comparison. So. All right. All right. But tea, Cyril. We are to the point of the evening where I can drink some hot tea. Uh, right. And listen to my friend Hollywood Dave tell us where Hulk was uh, at this okay, time in 85. We're going to do a good chunk of uh, the month of October of 1985. Um, this is right around Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling cartoon debut. So Hulk was taking the world on fire at this time. Uh, we're going to start with our show right in the Meadowlands. On, uh, it was recorded on Thursday night, October 3rd. And it aired two nights later on Saturday night, October the 5th. An 8.3 rating on NBC. It says only 8,000 were in attendance, but by watching that, they must have gave some freebies out because I I know that arena like the back of my hand, and there's way more than 8,000 people there. There had to be at least 12 for it to look like that. Anywho, uh, Hogan uh, fights Nikolai Volkov there. We're going to talk about that in a few moments. Uh, okay, and then uh, on the night it aired in Providence, Rhode Island at the Civic Center, Hulk Hogan takes takes over, uh, goes over Jesse, the body Ventura. So Ventura, you're lying when you're saying the Hulkster's always been ducking you, brother. Because right here in Providence, he defeated you uh, soundly on October 5th, 85. October 9th, Indianapolis uh, Convention Center in front of 7,500. Hulk Hogan over Big John Sud by way of a countout. October 10th, Peoria, Illinois at the Civic Center. Hogan once again over Stud on a countout. October 12th, the Boston Garden, Hulk Hogan over King Kong Bundy with an impressive power slam. This can be found on the Hulkamania 2 tape that I used to rent all the time. And uh, actually, Hogan came out to the rock and wrestling music uh, that you hear right here on this podcast this night. So he was like, in like October and November of um, 85, he was like going back and forth between that song and Eye of the Tiger until um, Real American, uh, start coming out to Real American in December. Let's well, kind of kind of find that odd how they would mix it mix and match both themes october 13th toronto maple leaf gardens in front of a 17,000 sellout hulk hogan pins the macho man randy savage and uh the in the finish was savage came off top rope with his elbow and hogan lifted his boot and nailed him in the face i think they should have maybe used that finish at wrestlemania 5 that's a cool finish so um yeah there's that and then October 18th, Landover, Maryland, Capital Center, Hogan over Stud in a $15,000 slam match. But Hogan, unfortunately, slammed him on the floor like he also did at the Meadowlands about a year earlier, so he doesn't get the money. Uh, it is an interesting card. October 19th, that infamous San Juan, Puerto Rico at the Hiram Bethuam Stadium. Only 1,200. It was a torrential, torrential downpour. You can find these on YouTube and different places all going over stud by count out again everybody was slipping sliding all over the ring uh, if you haven't seen a gorilla monsoons under this big tarp trying to call the matches it's wild and uh you know um i remember this one when cindy lopper is one of her last appearances as she came out with wendy richter this uh this night in uh, puerto rico uh, then finally, we'll wrap it up with October 20th at the Hartford Civic Center. Hulk Hogan uh, once again over Jesse the Body Ventura, brother. Two times not ducking him. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, interesting month. Yeah, that's I love cool. that Hulkamania 2 tape, by the way. That was a, the yeah, one. that's the best one. Yeah, I used to rent that all the time as well. One of my favorites, but a good month. Hulk's here, there, and everywhere. You know, yeah, a lot of diff- different opponents. I hate it when it's just like big boss man, big boss man, big boss man. Big, like, yeah. all right, like, yeah, yeah. 
So, Would have loved to have seen those Jesse matches get a bigger. Yeah, Hulk had to do yeah. a lot of carrying there, I would suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. I mean, Jesse's got, got it all, but if, if I'm saying you can't work, it's pretty bad. Right. <laughs> yeah, it must be pretty bad. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll read the news for October of 1985. We'll go over the Saturday night's main event number two card and the wedding and all that. We'll also talk, obviously, about Hulk and Nikolai. We'll rate the match, and, and that will be the C block. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right, 24-inch podcast, we are back. We're going to get to Saturday night's main event from October of 1985. But first, it's time to read the news. All right, Dave, October of 1985, and I read this one first just to prove that this shit just never ends. October 1st, Israeli air raid on PLO headquarters at Tunis, 68 killed. That hits home right now, man. Yeah, it's just one of those things that will never end. October 2nd, the Russian party leader Mikhail Gorbachev visits Paris. It's his first trip abroad, first time uh, leaving uh, Russia. And that was actually the time that um, part of his thing on his head had actually got worn off. So he had to recolor <laughs> it in when he landed, uh, which, of course, was ultimately proved uh, by Frank Drebin. <laughs> and that works well for our show today on Nikolai Volkov. Absolutely. October 3rd, Pope John Paul II, who's always be my pope, I feel like. Um, he beatifies Titus Brensma, whatever that means. Beatifies. Beatifies. Bitifies? Bitifies? I don't know. John Paul II. Bites him in the ass. Good Pope. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? October 4th, the Free Software Foundation is founded in Massachusetts, USA. So I think they just, they just give away software for free. Any software, you just go there to Massachusetts right. and they give you free Ryan, he lives right by it. He goes there all the yeah, time. Yeah, he's going to send some free software. He gets free software from there. So that's big. Rock and Ryan. Yep. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? How about some sports? October 6th, New York, New York Yankees knuckleballer Phil Necro becomes the 18th pitcher to win 300 games at 46. He becomes the oldest pitcher to pitch a shutout, beating Toronto eight to nothing. Side note, famous, uh, knuckleball pitcher, Tim Wakefield just passed away a couple weeks ago. Rest in peace to Tim Wakefield. One of the last great, uh, knuckleballers there. Um, October... Eighth, Little Richard is seriously injured in a single car accident in Los Angeles. Luckily, we did not lose Richard that day. Uh, yeah, go on to sing the national anthem at WrestleMania 10. Yep, and if you would have died on this day, we wouldn't have had that, Dave. And they didn't even have Mean Gene for a replacement in 94. <laughs> Brutal. October 9th, Strawberry Fields Memorial to John Lennon in Central Park, New York, is dedicated by Mayor Ed Koch. All right. I've been there. 
to the strike. I actually have the uh, my sister actually has uh, the picture of. Um, oh yeah, I saw uh, you his last get, making the rounds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it, apparently it's like a copy, and a lot of people have it. The guy that killed him, he lived for a long time in Attica, and remember I was telling the story last week about, or no, actually I think I was actually telling it on a video with Ryan for the next Carnoso. Um, my dad has all these friends that have been his friends for years and years and years, and they always had parties when I was a kid. And one of the guys, he was a correctional officer in Attica, and for years his assignment was to guard that guy because he was always in his own area of course he couldn't be out in normal because they someone would kill him you know so one of his jobs was to 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 guard him so he knew it's crazy for many many years that was like two-thirds of his career something like that was in the um in his wing or whatever at attica prison um october 11th president reagan bans the import of south african krugerans to the U.S., Kru- they're banning cougars. Krugerrands. Oh, Krugers, like Freddy Krugers. I don't know. K r u g, Erns. Kruger. This site, this site, man. What it's it, great. What? <laughs> I don't know. Is it just me, or is every word in this episode hard to pronounce? <laughs> like it's it, a Nikolai Volkov episode, so it should be. <laughs> okay, I think it refers to um, the South African coin. Okay. So he banned South African coins. I couldn't have just said that. Uh, oh, this site loves these. This is site's big on this. October twelfth, the U.S. performs a nuclear test at the Nevada test site. Every show we got a nuclear test. Every show. Don't worry. I'm sure I'll find a play in a minute here. Um, October thirteenth, during the NLCS, uh, the Cardinals rookie Vince Coleman is injured stretching before the game. As his left leg is caught in Bush Stadium's automated tarp. Oh, my goodness. So it was a rain delay, and he's stretching, and the tarp starts moving, and he got his leg caught in it and then was injured. I just I heard somewhere that the people are getting uh, sick of uh, players playing on tarp and stuff, and they want the grass back. Turf. Uh, turf. 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 <laughs> turf. <laughs> tarp is the cover yeah. for the rain. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Turf, turf is fake grass, yeah. Yeah, okay, players have was... had it with the fake grass. Okay, yeah, the tarp over it, but I get it now. Yep. October 14th, the New York Jets retired number 12 on a national televised Monday Night Football game where they beat the Dolphins 23-7. Who did they retire number 12 for, Dave? Uh, It wouldn't be Joe Namath in 85. Of course be Joe Namath. But in 85? That's when they retired the number, yes, in 85. Oh, okay, then I get it now. Now I was thinking he retired no, they retired the number. Uh, put it up in the rafters. Number to be another 12 in Jets history. Gotcha. Which is why when Aaron Rodgers was eight. Okay. Right, Aaron Rodgers? That didn't, that didn't last long. <laughs> no, it did not. No. <laughs> They're going to have to put eight up in the rafters soon, too. <laughs> yeah, four plays. Uh, October 16th, the Kansas City Royals beat the Toronto Blue Jays 4-3 in the ALCS. Also that day, St. Louis Cardinals beat the Dodgers 4-2 in the NLCS. To set up the very first World Series I ever watched, Dave, the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals, which I'm sure we'll find a, cl- a conclusion to um, in a little bit here. First, got to talk about a, uh, a play or something, I'm sure. Um, October 26th, CBS premiere of fact-based TV film Children of the Night based on sociology student Lois Lee's expose on female crime and inconsistent enforcement of prostitution laws in Los Angeles. Oh, my word. 
I'm sold. Yeah. Is it streaming yes. anywhere? Yeah, I, I, you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth, just like the great meatloaf. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, October 26th, on a poor call in Game 6, umpire Don Deckinger starts a string of events, probably costing the St. Louis Cardinals the World Series. They lose 2-1 to one to KC. KC does win the World Series, the George Brett's Kansas City Royals. Poor Don Deckinger never lived this down. Um, St. Louis Cardinals fans basically hated him and made his life miserable for the rest of it. Oh, boy. Because um, he screwed up a call. Which, you know, it happens. Couldn't, uh, couldn't let go of that one. No. Uh, Brett Saberhagen was the MVP of the World Series. Um, which, you know, the, the Cardinals fans weren't mad at their own team who lost 11 to nothing in Game 7. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just blame the umpire for his mistake in Game 6. Yeah. Um, uh, Billy Martin, October 27th. Billy Martin is fired by the Yankees for the fourth time. A WrestleMania alumni. WrestleMania one alumni. Well, I brought it up, of course. Um, and all right, October thirty first, the last day for Test cricket for Pakistan's Zahir Abbas. No idea what that means, but it was also October thirty first, Halloween, nineteen eighty five. One of the years, Dave, where I know exactly what I was for Halloween. Would you oh, like to try to guess? Brother. Would you like to guess uh, what I was that year? Okay, 85, I'm going to go Mr. T. Exactly. Wow, I, just, that was just, I swear to God to our listeners, I, I had no idea about that. He just told me I was Dracula, by the way. Dracula. We were both in kindergarten. In, uh, this yes, year. we were. And that was, uh, you know, that was the first year of two or three where I thought for sure I was going to win the Halloween costume contest with my, you know, vinyl costume with the ma- with the mask with the rope on it yeah and was devastated when like <laughs> some kid whose mom like handmade a fire truck or something for them one um, yeah they always did that whatever 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 was like the most i went for the mummy once because the way i was what they used to wrap me or whatever and um yeah whatever would like was like nothing bought from a store it was like stuff made right always, yeah it had to be homemade one, yeah. yeah homemade yeah the only thing I ever won with, I think I told you this before, was I was a bowling ball. There you go. And I oh, got yeah. third place. Okay. So. That's a cool one. Yeah. Let's see. A couple of famous people were born. But fun if they had friends that like were a couple of pins and you could keep banging into each other. That, teacher be going nuts. See, that you know? might have got us first place. Yeah. Yeah. But we were, uh, I was only third. Uh, Wayne Rooney, English soccer player, was born October 24th um, of 85. Principal Rooney. Zach Hansen. The drummer and singer of Hanson's Mbop was born October 22nd. Part of my French Rooney, but you're an asshole. You're a big uh, <laughs> Mbop guy, right? Uh, let me tell you something. I got a story about that. I, I, I was waiting for Motley Crue Afraid. I know it's one of your favorite songs, one of mine. Oh, I love to it. On, to come on yeah. MTV, and it was like 97. You know, it was it was tough. It was maybe on two or three times a day. You know what I mean? It, it was hard because, you know, because rock and roll was on downswing then. Right. That kind of rock and roll, at least. Yep. And you know how much I had to put up with that mbop, that. And I remember Missy Elliott, I Can't Stand the Rain. I'm just like, oh, I can't stand this song. That's what I was saying to myself. Like, Jesus Christ. And when I saw these kids, these handsome kids, remember coming home from football practice, I'm like, what am I watching? What is this? You know? Yeah, but, not, uh, not yeah. good. Yeah. Little gay kids. Yeah, yeah, boy. I don't know. I wonder what they grew up to be. Like are they? Yeah, you don't hear much about them, right? Anymore? Was that a one hit? They have another hit? 
I couldn't tell you what it is if they did. I don't think so. All right. That is the news for October of 1985. All right. Tell you what, Dave. One of these years, we got to get a better site. (laughs) We keep saying that, but I don't know. It's starting to get a little entertaining. It's almost funny just reading a nuclear test and a play starting every time. but That's where Homer Simpson got his job. (laughs) October 3rd, 1985. East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Brendan Byrne Arena, taped, aired October 3rd, 1985 on NBC, and drew an 8.3 rating, which is ridiculously good. That's a good one. Um, Compare that to uh, Tony Khan, 600,000 uh, last Tuesday night. And he, what, <laughs> and he was taking shots at The Undertaker? Take, and yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's something. I mean, I, I don't want to talk bad about someone that has problems, but I think, I think he may be... Um, that's going to be something a little off there. Maybe on the spectrum a little bit. Guy. A little bit. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Could be. Uh, I don't know. But we are in New Jersey, Dave, for the event. Um, only the second episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. Vince and Jesse are in the booth. Um, they kind of starting to get their groove, their schedule going here. Uh, we start off basically with Hulk's match. Um, but first, some promos. We got Nikolai and Blassie. Uh, in the aisle to set up the big title match and chat about the U.S. and Russia tensions. And then we have a quick Hulk promo, followed by Gene talking to Hillbilly Jim and Uncle Elmer, who are prepping for the big wedding that is coming tonight, as Elmer will be wrestling and getting married this evening. Elmer's a man on a mission, uh, and then Piper comes in and makes some jokes, and we head to the open. So we'll skip ahead to Hogan, and we'll kind of handle that last. You got it. All right. Uh, Gene catches up with the Hillbillies, and Elmer says he isn't worried about wrestling or the wedding. Hillbilly calls Elmer the best wrestler in the WWF, and Junior confirms he'll be dancing at the wedding later tonight. Um, And we have uh, the worst match in Saturday Night's Main Event history. Um, I don't know if you want to come over the top and defend it, Uh, but (laughs) Uncle Elmer uh, with Hillbilly Jim and Cousin Junior Defeat Jerry Valiant in 12 seconds. I mean, it's almost unfair to call it the worst match because, I mean, it's not really even yeah, a match. It's not really you know what Vince I mean? Like him, Vince calls him a city slicker. But actually, they were right about the six seconds. And then they showed the Bundy thing, what's supposed to be nine seconds, which was like 27, right? Yep, exactly. Uh, Val- yeah, uh, Vince calls Valiant a big city slicker. I had that note here as well. <laughs> uh, they march out. Junior does a stupid jig. Followed by all three square dancing. The bell rings. Elmer scoops him up, slams him to the mat for the easy win. Vince's preliminary reports are confirmed by the Fink as a new record is set here tonight with that six-second win. Jesse reminds us that the previous record was nine seconds for Mania. We watched that clip clearly showing it was way longer than nine seconds, which is really great. Maybe that's why they did this, to, to get like the, you know, right. show it. Like, Clean it up. Yeah. But then they claimed for years that Bundy's record stood, you know? They did, yeah. So they kind of ignored this then in the future. Uh, Gene catches up with Hillbilly and confirms the record. As Elmer says, Valiant should have never take off his doggone coat. Um, <laughs> Jesse heads to the Dear ring. Dear friend of Bobby DeBrain Heenan, gentleman Jerry Valiant, by the way. Oh, very nice. Jesse heads to the ring for the body shop and brings out Bobby Heenan, speaking of. Uh, they discussed how Heenan made Paul Wonderful a star before Mr. Wonderful fired him. Heenan said he was going to fire him anyway, and then they discussed the bounty on Paul's head. Bobby has raised the bounty from 25 k to 50 k 
and says this makes it easier to get someone to take him up on the offer. Heenan said it would be his pleasure to give Piper the money if he's successful tonight. Uh, Gene talks to Orndorff, who calls out Heenan and says Piper isn't man enough to collect the bounty. Gene says Piper has already started spending the money, and Paul says he's spending it on more dresses. It's a shot at the kilt, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gene then talks to Piper, uh, who says he's going to take out Orndorff and will rip out Heenan's throat if he doesn't pay up. Piper makes fun of Orndorff wearing baby oil and then says he would take his out his own grandmother for 50K. He wraps, <laughs> he wraps things up by dumping on the wedding and potential for little Elmer's. Really, I mean, he's just in, in rare form here. Um, yeah. the, the match itself uh, ends in a double count out after four minutes. I kind of wanted more here. Um, you know, it was good for what it was, but I would have liked eight minutes for these guys, maybe. I love how they showed them fighting in the back and all yeah. the metal and stuff. Cause, and it's weird. Like, they used two aisles. Like, the, the regular small aisle, section 108 in the metal is where they always had the house show entrance. And they, that's where... Uh, Vince and Jesse were, and and uh, and uh, Orndorff and Piper fought down there, but they used the extended aisle that they used for the pay per views for the big entrances. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, I mean it's a four minute brawl, and it it's a great fast paced brawl that may, you know leaves you wanting more. Really, um, goes all the way to the back before Orndorff kind of ducks into a door um, to kind of I guess end it for us. It look, we always say it looked like you know when we watched it back over in the 90s stuff. He looked look like Howard Stern that was helping him back in there. Let's sure did. Yeah, it, sure yeah, it did. did, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, passion and fire was tremendous uh, between the existing bad blood and the bounty. Tension was really palpable. Uh, great performance by Jesse and Vince. And the crowd was hot, too. Really great Saturday Night's Main Event segment here. Um, you know, really an all-timer. All right. The wedding. It's officially time for the Hillbilly Wedding now. As the ring was adorned for the ceremony and the groom and the groomsmen stood tall, Gene played Here Comes the Bride on organ. As Jesse said, he looked like the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, the bride <laughs> and her ladies made their way out, and we finally got things underway. Jesse is on fire here, saying he wishes this moment wasn't being shared with him. Uh, the JOP leads us through the ceremony, which is fairly straightforward. Vince asks if... Jesse would like a framed picture of the couple in his living room. And Jeffy scoffs and says the judge should send them to jail. <laughs> Jesse also jokes about Joyce being able to support Elmer. A fan pelts Joyce with a piece of trash. And then Jesse jokes about Elmer not being able to get the ring on his finger. It says it's like greasing a pig. I love how Vince goes, ooh, my, when the, the, <laughs> she gets hit with the... You know? <laughs> You know, he loved every second of this. He told Jesse, get him. Yep. You know, bury him. Yep. Elmer butchers his vows, cracking Jesse up, and then they finally give the rings. Piper comes out and tells him that this shouldn't be happening and that they'll all sink before walking off. Everything settles down, and they seal it with a kiss, and Jesse nails the line. They look like two carp in the Mississippi River going after the same piece of porn. When I met Jesse at Barnes & Noble, I think it was 2008, 2009, something like that, and he was, he was a sign. He was signing a political book, but first I came with the LJN figure. So he started talking wrestling. And he rocked him back and forth in his chair, and he started telling me all about this Uncle Elmer. Vince told me to bury him, and he's just. I was just like I was holding up the line for like ten minutes. 
talking to Jesse. It was pretty fun. He, he loved, loved, loved this uh, this segment. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. It ends with, where's the slot bucket? I'm about to be sick. Another great Jesse line. Um, good stuff here. I mean, this is the stuff we grew up on. The, you know, a little bit of levity, some comedy, good characters. Jesse and Vince on commentary kind of driving the car. Uh, memorable moment. You know, not too long. It's the right amount of time. Mean Gene playing organ. I'm yeah, Mean Gene. Everyone's a character in it, you know. Bad notes. The justice of the peace. Just too good. Too good. And they, re- they really got married there. That wasn't like one of your like Edge and Lita, like, you know. A legit or, wedding. Yep. This is a legit wedding. Yeah. All right. Uh, Gene chats with Heenan, Stud, and Bundy. And Bobby makes fun of his organ playing. Stun says he's the true giant of wrestling. And Andre is now number three behind Bundy, too. Bundy says it's time for someone to put an end to Andre's run, and Stud said he'll never be slammed and remind us that he cut Andre's hair. Uh, Andre and Atlas, Stud and Bundy, uh, Vince puts over Andre big time as he marches to the ring with a smile on his face. Vince reminds us that Andre got beaten down two-on-one in Toronto, and Jesse doesn't think that Atlas will make much of a difference. Um, They give them four minutes and 26 seconds, and Andre and Tony defeat King Kong Bundy by disqualification. Um, the finish um, at the end here. Uh, Bundy and Stud leveled Andre with an avalanche, splashes in the corner to draw the DQ. But they're clearly just here to hurt the giant. Andre did what he could to fend them off until Hogan showed up in his wedding attire and saved the giant, pissing off Jesse, who wanted to know why he would get involved. The crowd goes wild as Hogan, Atlas, and Andre... Stood tall in the ring. The match was nothing, but the angle was really good. And the heat was there, as always with these guys. Um, it was a strong a Saturday Night's Main Event showcase. It looks like Andre may have a new partner um, in his war with the Heenan family, which was a neat send-off on NBC. Some of these, some of the commentary here is from Justin Rosario uh, gave me his notes yeah, and you can um, tell that from the Place to Be Nation. This is actually the last match. You see some of the uh, crowd clearing out. And then you know, the, the way they uh, put the card together for NBC, I guess. Right. The last match on NBC is our next one. The Dream Team, Brutus Beefcake, and Greg Valentine. Uh, the champions uh, defeat Lanny Poffo and Tony Gurria in 3.30 to retain the titles. I would always love when you got a Serence main event and one of the first things they would do is talk about how many titles were on the line that night. You know, there always had to be a title on the line, and they always made it seem big or bigger than it was. And this was the, this is before the Dream Team had a nightmare, Dave. Yeah, yeah, this is more of a, a, a wet dream for them uh, with easy opponents. Yeah. <laughs> Korea and uh, Papo here is more like a championship wrestling match at this time. But, uh, hey, it's, it's, this is that, like, time where, you know, people are dozing off or whatever or you're leaving the bar or whatever. <clears throat> uh, that that type of deal, that last Saturday at Main Event match, even though we got the wedding reception. That's <laughs> still to come. Yep. Uh, Gria hammers away but runs into Beefcake's back elbow. Valentine tags in, drops an elbow, and then finishes Tony with the figure four. Uh, that's the finish there. All right. Finish up the wedding reception here. I'll read this, Dave, and then you react. You got it, brother. We head to the wedding reception backstage where Vince, Jesse, Hogan, and Orndorff are at a table chatting. Hogan thinks this could really rocket Elmer to the top of the promotion. Gene visits another table where Junior, Junior 
and Albano are chowing down like the slobs they are. Papo is also at that table in his tights, and he reads a poem he wrote for the happy couple, a poem that including a little plug for NBC. Hillbilly Jim is the best man, and he proposes his toast and informs the couple he'll be over for dinner every Sunday. Gene then welcomes the surprise guest musician, Tiny Tim. Also, His very dear, close, personal, longtime friend. Howard Stern fame there. One, <laughs> right, of, the, right, one right. of the great, great Howard Stern guests of all time. If you haven't heard Howard I've and heard Tiny him. Tim together, yeah. uh, make a point of it. James uh, informs us that Tim has been involved in TV's most famous wedding until tonight. Tim is sure to mention that his wedding didn't work out, but implores Elmer to be good to his wife and then gives them a ukulele as a gift. As Tim left, Jesse walked up and read a poem of his own, one that started nicely and then degenerated into a string of insults. Hibbley didn't take that too kindly, and he hopped out to his feet and shoved Jesse into the cake uh, to a chorus of laughter. Uh, before we wrap up, Vince and Hogan reveal that the Hulkster will team with Andre the Giant to battle Stud and Bundy in four weeks at the next Saturday Night's main event. Dave, go on the reception. Oh, my God. This is just one of like It's like, you know, your regular TNT segment, Tuesday Night Titans, just uh, thrown into a Saturday Night's main event here. And, um, you know, it's Albano as you know, being Lou to teach him proper etiquette, how to eat, keep the – Keep the right dip and do everything with your left hand. Keep the right hand open to shake hands with people. That's a good idea, which I've been following since 1985 uh, myself. And, um, you know, that was it. And, and even though there's silliness going on and fun, they're still building to something to the Hulk and Andre. And you can see concern and Hulk that him and Andre got to take on Stud and Bundy in, in Hershey uh, next month, which was odd, which was a, a ho- the ho- big Halloween Saturday Night's main event which was not the Thanksgiving weekend that it turned into all the years uh, after that. But, uh, yeah, it was funny seeing Leaping Lanny Popo, like, basically naked Santa sitting at, at a wedding reception just in tights and boots. You know, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't throw on a pair of jeans real quick, you know? Hilarious, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> just like, they probably just grabbed him in the hallway, like, dude, we need somebody. we got to fill a seat, you know? <laughs> Can I put my jeans on? You know, no, 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 no. no. come as you Let's are. Go. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, just uh, Jesse gets tripped into the cake. You know, I, I love how um, Mean Gene calls uh, Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim's the only one that sold it, my dear, close personal, longtime friend. He goes, you know, Mean Gene, I'm here with you, a dear old friend of mine. Because <laughs> usually nobody, no, nobody usually sells it. They usually just, like, look at him, you know? <laughs> it's funny. funny. But, yeah, yeah I mean, he sold it. It, it was uh, just perfect. It's just stuff I like, man, and it was just – and we just built up um, to to get to the next uh, Saturday Night's Main Event. And uh, Vince loves his hillbillies. You know, Captain Lil Bano was started dancing at the end. He was on fire at this time. He was a very popular um, pop and pop icon figure in in uh, late '85. And um, yeah, it was much deserving of that big. They would out outdraw Saturday Night Live in these ratings. You know, so um, amazing. Yeah, yes, sir. All right, That's another good fun. Fun night. Back to the beginning. Our piece of business here at the Hulkster. Uh, Hogan and Volkov kick off the show. Great idea opening the show with the big WWF title match. To showcase Hogan. Big heat on Volkov during the Russian anthem. Getting the crowd revved up. Hogan chats quickly with Gene in the aisle. And puts over his love for the USA. And then enters to a huge pop. As Hulk comes out to Stars and Stripes Forever tonight. 
Uh, Jesse notes. Yeah, so there's another different song. Yep. Jesse notes that all Iron Curtain uh, wrestlers are well schooled, uh, right as Nikolai jumps Hulk before the bell. Nikolai crobbers Hulk around the ring, yanking Hogan's shirt off and choking him with it. Hogan makes a quick comeback, leveling Nikolai with a clothesline and a fury of right hands, followed by another clothesline and an elbow drop. Hulk laid in some headbutts and a right hand as Jesse notes that the headbutt is new to Hogan's arsenal. Hogan kicks Nikolai out of the ring and he lands on the timekeeper table. Hogan follows him out and hammers him away, but Nikolai was able to shove Hogan into the ring uh, post to kill his momentum. Back inside, Volkov kicked away and fouled with an axe blow off the middle rope and a big press slam backbreaker for two. After a few more blows, Hogan blocked a pile driver with a backdrop then started to make his comeback, but Nikolai cut it off with a thrust and some kicks. Vince calls Nikolai a uh, master of roughhouse tactics mm. as he stomped away, but Hogan quickly hulked up and slugged away. Nikolai reversed a whip to the corner, but whiffed on a charge, and Hogan finished him with a leg drop for the win after the bell. Hogan shined his boots and spit on the Russian flag and waved the U.S. one to close things out. The match was pretty spirited, and both guys hustled and landed some good heady blows. Perfect showcase for Hogan and the title. And Nikolai is credible enough, but and can take an easy loss. So, uh, really good stuff here. They did build this as a flag match, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the flags really weren't involved necessarily. They did hang them in each corner for the match, right? Yeah, and then they use a lot of this for the Real American video. A lot of the a lot of the footage, footage, yeah. And I'm, now this is before Rocky Four came out, right? I mean, I know it was done, but that probably didn't come out to like I don't think it came out to like Thanksgiving '85, right? Uh, I'll look that up. Look that up because I think they, I'm sure they knew, and, and that's why they did this to get a little head start. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Rock, it sounds about right. I know it was '85. Let's see, opening. I think it was l- later in the year. Yeah, I think it was like I think I went and seen it like on Christmas time, uh, November 27th, 1985. There you go. So yeah, so they probably yeah. they, they they were jumps. Vince, you know, he's doing his jump starting that. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the car and the crowd. George Piscopo. At this show, you know, so uh, big time, man, big deal. What would you grade it? Oh boy, this match—it would never really stood out to me as a big, Hulk, uh, big Hulk match. Two and a half, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I'll give it two and a half. Yeah, was, I mean, I, I wasn't watching it at the time, so that that never helps it e- either. Right, so we don't have a specific Hulk, memory of it. Yeah, you know, Hulk was going to win. You know, anyway. So, um, you know. Um, yeah, no real American yet. Didn't come out to eye of the tiger. Five so minutes and seventeen like. seconds. Yeah, yeah. But it did. It did. What it did. I, well, anytime I see it, it reminds me of the real American video. So that's basically what I think of it. <laughs> it's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a well-known event for the wedding, I think, because there's five matches. Yeah, uh, definitely. And Hogan's is the longest at five seventeen. So it wasn't a night where they're necessarily, you know, focusing on the matches. It's about the, you know, building. A few angles, which they did well, you know, Orndorff and Heenan, um, you know, the Hillbillies and Jesse, um, you know, uh, Hogan and Andre with, um, you know, Big John Studd and, and Bundy. So they they did that well um, and had some fun. And it was a good a good episode of Saturday Night Live in a very easy watch. You know, it's really rewatchable. Easy watch. Easy, easy, yep. easy. Easy peasy. And then yep. uh, they'll be back for um, 
Saturday Night's Main Event, number three in Hershey next month. That, the, the closest ones together, four weeks. Yep, 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 yep. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to do the we're going to do the emails and the plugs and let you know what you're going to do on the next episode of the 24 Inch Podcast. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Twenty-four inch podcast. We are back. One last segment tonight. Just want to remind everyone you can find this episode and all episodes of the twenty-four inch podcast on the Sportscasters feed on SoundCloud, uh, or of course you can search for it on you know Apple iTunes or Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search for the Sportscasters, and we're right on that feed. You can follow us on Twitter at two four inch podcast, Instagram two four underscore inch underscore podcast, email two four inch podcast at gmail.com. And you can search for us on Facebook, 24-Inch Podcast, and join our group. Uh, don't forget about the Sportscasters pod, soundcloud.com slash sportscasters, sports-casters, at sports underscore casters on Twitter. Uh, email the sportscasters at gmail.com. Latest episode, Richard Deitch and Marty Smith uh, are on that. Joe Buck and Kenny Albert uh, and Steve Morrison coming soon. All right, Dave, that brings us to emails. Why don't you kick us off? The star at the great Kevin from Nutley. Guys, considering this was the main event, aside from the fact that they were showing the Hogan interview, why not televise Nikolai Volkov's entrance? Cutting to him already in the ring had a Saturday-Sunday morning feel to it. They used to start with the enhancement talent already in the ring. What are your thoughts? I'll go first. I got a quick answer. Uh, they usually started with Nikolai and Sheik in the ring, even when they were fighting enhancement guys on superstars. I think it's because their entrance was basically the national anthem. Yep. So that 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 exactly. would take up the time. That yep. was their that took up too much time. So if they had them showing them come down and sing the national anthem, it's you know that's NBC TV quality TV time right there. So I think Steve agrees with that, right? You absolutely nailed it. That's why. Yeah. Because they're using that time for him to sing the national anthem. Right. So okay, I got a few. Let's start with our friend Randy Krupski. Uh, one of the great hockey coaches here in Western New York, youth hockey coaches, uh, coaches, uh, young kids, he's leading them, keeping them off the streets, teaching them skills. A good man who I've known since he was a kid. Watch him grow up into a man. I'm proud of him. All right. He's got a few. Let's start with this one. And he said to spread them out. So we'll do one or two tonight and save the others. He says the Sabres have individual goal songs. So when a player scores, you know, they play over the, the PA system, the song they pick. Uh, like I think one of them, Casey Middlestad picked Jukebox Hero by Foreigner, which I thought was a cool one. Mm-hmm. So you, he scores, boom, Jukebox Hero plays. He wants to know which wrestling theme would you use if you were in the NHL, played for the Sabres, and they specifically said, give me a wrestling theme for your goal song. What would you pick? Well, I mean, I got my theme is real American no matter what, what I'm doing. Yeah, you're uh, going to have to get an edit in, though, because you can't really, it's not going to hit if it doesn't, 
if it starts in the beginning, you score a goal, and it's like building up, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? You have to edit it to pick out a specific part, which is fine. You can do that. You know, but I don't think it's going to work from the beginning, if you know what I mean. Maybe, boom, stone cold, glass breaking when you hit the goal. That could work. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I think Real American can work. You just have to start it. Like, boom, you hit the goal, and it like, bam, the chorus hits. You know what I mean? Or something like that. I'll, say, I'll stick with Real American. Like, I'll just wait. I am a Real American starts. Yeah. When it, boom, yeah, when Dave it scores, the horn hits, and boom. Real America that, comes in. Yeah. The chorus comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. I like your Stone Cold uh, thought as well. Uh, let me think about that for a second. It's a good question from Randy. You know, some of my favorites might not work for the same reasons I said yours won't. You know, Steamboat's more of like a entrance type of song. You know, more of like like the Chicago Bulls used it in the 90s. Chicago Bulls, yeah. yeah. I would like to say Steamboat had it first. He did have it right? first. Absolutely. He did he have did. it first. Years before them. Yeah. Years before them, but they 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 did a, did great with it. And did you see that video going around a couple of weeks ago of MJ at a wedding and them playing it and him going nuts? I sure did. I, yeah. I reposted that on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. good one. Um, so that's not gonna work. Um, Honky Tonk Man one seems pretty good. That could be pretty good. Hmm. Um, you know, I really want to puzzle them. You know what I mean? I want to score a British beefcake, and I want them to guy. say, "What the hell is this?" I like Brett's song. That dun dun dun. That kind of might be yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, that might work. There's so many you could use. Even yeah. the, the Million Dollar Man's laugh. Like, hey, I just scored on your ass. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That well, could be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what I'm going to go with. I don't know if this is cheating a little bit, but it's just so badass. I'm going to go with War Machine. Uh, made okay. famous by, Was- ta- by Taz. It's not, it's not cheating. I wouldn't say that's cheating. Yeah, in ECW. Just I score yeah. and that riff drops. Oh, man. And then the drums kick in and the arena going nuts for my goal. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say that's cheating. Yeah, I'm going with War Machine. All right. Shout out to Tim. Randy. Randy. No, but Tim because it's a Kiss song. Oh, got right. oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, wake up, Dave. You're going to hear shit about that. <laughs> All right, let's... let's uh, Let's read one more of Randy's, and this is a good one because it's timely with they just had that little war, that one night, you know, show where they went head to head. He says, I remember TNA one night hosted a live Monday show to go up against Raw. TNA was really picking up momentum, tuned into both, felt like I was a kid again. Both shows really out some effort, put some effort in. I remember Brett in the ring with Vince and later in the show with Sean. Will the WWE ever have actual competition ever again? Question mark. Dave. Ah, boy. Um, I, 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 I wish they did. I was, I was behind AEW when, when it first started. Then they started making all these, you know, it, it, it was pretty much they don't want casual fans. They want the marks, and that's it. They want the wrestling marks. They don't want casual fans. Even though I'm a big wrestling fan, I still consider myself to a degree, as an adult, a casual fan, a casual big fan. I like I don't need to know every ins and outs of what's going on and trying to book the show and this and that, you know. So I, I don't know if that's possible anymore. I, I, don't, I don't know if they could make another federation where you're, where you're going to bring in the casual fans. TNA came close, I think. But um, 
Yeah, uh, well, Tony Khan's a mark himself, and and, and these his wrestlers are his wrestling figures. So, but I mean, I mean, I hope so. I, I mean, but uh, my answers are going to be no. Well, I think this is it, right? This is the last shot. If this, if this can't challenge them, nothing can, right? I mean, they have the ultimate money mark at the top. You know, like they're not going to go broke. I mean, unless the dad just like, yeah, I'm not funding this anymore. Yeah. Um, you just got the ultimate money mark. You know, they got network TV behind them. You know, they had incredible momentum. They've had big stars. So, I mean, if this can't work and compete with them, nothing, what would? Right. So, I think this is like, you know, it's this or nothing. And um, I think they've made a lot of mistakes um, from from where they were at the beginning. And they were so hot and people were so into something new. And, uh, I mean, they get good numbers overseas. But then you look at some of their, like, house show or, or TV, oh TV numbers. And they're drawing, like, 1,000, 2,000 people to these arenas. Yeah, it's embarrassing. So I don't know. Because there's no casuals. Kids don't want to go. They don't want to be around all black people in black T-shirts and don't wear deodorant and, you know, and all – yeah, you know, and and gonna tell them who's gonna win this match and who's gonna win that match, and you know, you want to suspend your disbelief, have a little fun. You don't need to know every little thing that's going on uh, in the locker room area. I mean, we do that now on this podcast about the wrestling we grew up with. But we're telling but the we story of the history. We're telling. Yeah, the history we didn't know yeah. that then. No. We didn't know that then what was going on in the back. You know, we know it now from watching you know the shoot interviews and and whatnot and learning in, in hindsight. But um, you know they they don't go to 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 be uh, behind a wrestler. I want to see Edge, Adam Copeland kick the shit out of this uh, out of John Moxley. No, they 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 want to see a, a five star match, like a ballet instead. And look you at know right, what I mean right there. Everyone's name is Adam and uh, John and Bill. Like those are not wrestling they, names. Yeah, uh, no brutal yeah no i think I, I think we're done i think the internet ruined it i think work rate ruined it i think melser ruined it the most out of anybody and brian alvarez i just think they they just brainwashed um uh these people in, in, into looking at wrestling in a, in, a, in a completely completely different way it's like you know going into a rocky movie and, and saying hey this is this is how it's gonna this is how it's gonna end you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It, Apollo's yeah. got to give Rocky his win back here because if Rocky's too down to Apollo, who's yeah, going to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just enjoying the movie. You know uh, what I mean? All right. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate that. What do you got, Dave? Right. Uh, one more from uh, Tim. And I apologize about the uh, war machine. Uh, oh, he's going to have your uh, ass for that. Yeah. yeah, no, Tim is usually pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, okay, Tim. During the infamous steroid trial, Vince McMahon was wearing a neck brace. Why? Also, do you think... WWE will pick up that turd CM Punk. And this one is for Steve. Did you happen to watch the Uber Netflix series yet? Oh, God. First of all, he was tweeting me or texting me about this Netflix series like last week at like 3 in the morning about how I have to watch it because Pearl Jam's in it. And I thought he was talking about something new. So I was like, usually, you know, you go to Netflix. I was thinking it was like Netflix original programming. But it's actually a show that was on Showtime that's now on Netflix, so it's a couple years old. So it's that not Uber the taxi service? Yeah, it's about that. It's basically like the social network, that movie, for Uber. Okay. But if it but a series. And I told him, like, I got a long list of stuff. I'll put it on the list based on your recommendation. 
but he was he's still he's relentless, you know. So no, <laughs> yeah. When he gets going with the text, I, I I Tim, I sent you the list. I showed you where it stands on the list. I let you know when I get to that on the list, and I put in in parentheses that it was there by his recommendation. So there you go. That's the best I can do for Tim right now on that. No, I've not seen it yet, Tim. Someday. Okay, the other stuff. Do you want to go first or let me go first? You can go handle the neck brace thing. Okay, uh, the neck brace thing. Uh, he really did need neck surgery, but I think he did it for a little sympathy. Yeah, as a prop. For the, um, He's trying as to look prop weak. To wear, yeah. To wear, yeah, look weak to wear to the um, the trial. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, you know, the sympathy from the jury. Yeah, but he did get a neck surgery because he, he wasn't broadcasting and stuff for, uh, for quite a while there. Uh, do I think CM Punk will pick – do I think WWE will pick up that third yes. CM Punk? Yep. You do, yeah. I everybody comes I back. Know. I think, I think C- to... CM Punk wants to do it because everybody comes back, and he doesn't want to be on the list of people who didn't. And also, I think he wants a better ending than I punched a guy and yeah. Go, and and, and when there's, if there's money to be made, you know what I mean. All, and all these, you know, and there uh, will be at first. It'll, it'll be yeah. a huge deal that he comes back at first. Yeah, the, the, the ratings won't go up, but uh, merchandise sales from the marks. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff you can get out of these marks. But uh, like, the, but ratings aren't one of them. And he'll get some paydays. Um, he'll get some paydays on. Some yeah, day. yeah. I mean, I, I, I would like to see him get his, his ass kicked by some by Brock Lesnar or somebody. You know what I mean? Uh, kind of cool. And see, I, but, uh, I know you guys hate him. Like, I liked his match against Cena at Money in the Bank. Could him and Cena do that again in, you know, twenty twenty three? Maybe not. But at least it'd be if they did another match, at least it wouldn't be one where John just has to lose because the guy's a kid or whatever. I think it would be Seth Rollins this time. Say they have heat in real life and maybe they like, they could bring that to the table like Sean and Brett did, you know? So, but, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I know he, he, when punk was around, he made me hate him because he's an asshole. But for some reason, other people liked him because he, because uh, it, it it didn't make sense. Was, I've been a wrestling fan for too long. That 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 type of character is a heel to me. Uh, like a, a but like a good guy Piper Austin. It's different because it, uh, it's it's hard to explain. Yeah, Austin was but, fighting his boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Piper That's was fighting the guys that yeah. jumped. Right, 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 right. This guy was just an asshole for like no no right. apparent reason. Okay, you have one from uh, Lucas, Lucas Calhoun, right? Lucas Calhoun. Yeah. All the LJN talk had me thinking. My, uh, which was my favorite, which was George the Animal Steel. He was the first wrestling toy I ever got. I found him at a discount toy store near my house. Anyway, I know a lot of Marks hate Steel, but his character work was amazing, and I still have yet to see another human who looks like him. What did you guys think of George? And I would still love to hear you guys cover him versus Hogan. It's on the list, buddy. Uh, Hulkamania will never die, and take care of yourselves. So thoughts on George? I know Dave and I have a similar take, and it's much different than the Marks. Oh my God! Yeah, it was George over, especially when he when he turned good there. He, I had a poster on my bedroom wall. He was like he was like my other pet. You know, I had my little dog Herbie back in, uh, in the eighties, and I had George the Animal Steel as my other pet. You know what I mean? And it, it, this this is entertainment here, and and he entertained him. My uncle loved him. Everybody loved him. I got my LJN at TSS Seed Bins in Kearney, New Jersey. It used to be two guys. I don't know how far. That franchise went, but uh, that's why I picked up my George in the fall of 1986. Uh, LJN. What's the uh, store called? TSS Seedman's Times yeah. Square stores. Never had but it. But they, yeah, yeah they um, expanded into into Jersey. But it was all called Two Guys before that. 
And um, oh my God, what a character! What a what a feud with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. You don't you don't. That's why you in his match with Kamala, they didn't have to do nothing in Madison Square Garden, and that crowd was on fire. All you gotta do is watch that match with Kamala, George Amosil, Madison Square Garden, November 26, nineteen eighty six. That's how pro wrestling should be done. You gotta engage the crowd, engage the people. That oh, oh this guy, this guy was the killer, but now this guy is. You know what I mean? So like, oh shit, what's gonna happen here? Then George ends up getting taken out in the stretcher, and you you could hear a penny drop in there because people were so shocked about it. And um, yeah, man, it's the, the character work of of the animal was uh, was unbelievable, and it it, it lasted forever. I mean, you gotta have different you gotta have different kinds of guys. You had your heart foundations, you had your killer bees, you know, you had your Rujos, you had, you know, then you had Hillbilly Jim and George Animal Steel. You had your Ricky Steamboats, Hulk Hogan's, a motley crew, you know, and now it's all the same. Now they're all the same. When I was a kid, I would love to tell people, you know, he's a teacher in real life. Yeah. I don't know how I learned that, that he was a teacher in real life. But I would always say that to sort of legitimize the business in some way to the doubters back in the 80s. Like, no, he's a teacher in real life. He's smart. Yeah. Um, but I always wanted to watch more of his heel work um, from the 70s or whatever. So I know it's considered vicious and great. Uh, but look, at this was amazing. I, I remember just loving his interactions with Elizabeth. His role in the greatest match of all time is super important. Um, I love George for what he was. Um, I, you know, I think that it was it was a great gimmick for him out of respect to what he had done for the business all, all those years, you know, to kind of get that baby face cake, kiss kids and, you know, uh, be loved and sell merch, you know, like that was kind of the gig and he was great at it. You know, he was lovable. He was stupid. He never got in the ring for the battle Royal at WrestleMania four, you know, yeah. like he was just one of a kind and he was a pro wrestler. You know, like like Lucas says, he's they, never seen anyone like him. They mentioned his name in, in Seinfeld. Yeah, he looks like a freaking pro wrestler. Yeah. You know, he's what pro wrestling, what makes it great. Now, you can't have 30 of them, right? Right. But you right. have one. No. But you have one. Yeah. And and he's one of one. And I think in the wrestling business, that's kind of what you want to be. You know, you want to be a one of one. Like, you know, Undertaker was a one of one. Hulk Hogan was a one of one. Andre the Giant, certainly a one of one. You oh know, my like goodness. that's yeah. if you, that's that's the easiest way to be great in wrestling, I think. And and George didn't wear yeah. out his welcome. He 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 played that face character from eighty five to eighty eight, three years. You know what I mean? It, it, it was and good then, enough. Boom. It, yep, worked uh, you know, worked but, the road for a bit, and then was retired. Road agent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he was still doing a gimmick in ninety one or something, he might be like, all right, enough. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> you know, three years there was was just perfect. All right. Thanks, Lucas. Love hearing from you. Thanks for the yeah, email. Yeah, Lucas. 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Dave, you want to talk about what we're going to do next time? Next time, we're Robert. Well, we're going to go uh, through the Lincoln Tunnel from the Meadowlands. Yeah, I, I picked this one. Street yep. In Madison Square Garden. Steve picked this one. Uh, we're going to have Hulk Hogan take on the big boss man in January 23rd of 1989. Dave had and, mentioned uh, we had maybe done. Um, a Hogan Bossman match, which we did, but I confirmed episode five. So this is going to be step. episode forty-four. Plenty of distance between the two. We'll do a full bio and everything, and uh, much different because yep. that was a Saturday Night's Main Event cage match. This is the second out of three. Yep, at the Garden, and the third is a cage match at the Garden, which is similar to the Saturday Night's Main Event match. So we'll probably never do that one. 
but uh, we, we we could certainly do these the uh, the first two. And it's a really good undercard too. I thought. Yes. Um, yes. I, I was starting to wonder if maybe I did this one for Place to Be Nation. I'm not sure. I'll ask maybe. Justin about that, but. I used to have so much fun listening to those. Yeah, that's how I got to. That's how I got to know you. Yeah, I may have, but um. Now, now I, now I, I don't know if Justin and Scott are listening, but now I listen to her, the Herb Coons notes and stuff, and then once they start doing the card, I'm out. I heard they are doing a, a format change soon. I uh, hope. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. It's I'm not for me to announce, but I heard they are. I hope so. Um, well, because just, but some people may love that era. You know, I mean, if you love that era, that, right? That's just not you. us. I'm sure they do a very good job with it, but just you know, just you know, I'd rather I, I like the part where they count down the ten movies and the yeah, you know, and all that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, I was going to say though, one thing I can announce, which I, is for me to announce, uh, the video for next month's, maybe two months from now, is Cronoso, is going to be Justin Scott and I, uh, doing the Macho Man Hogan versus. Twin Towers match on the main event. Oh, it's gonna be some heat there, brother. Which we famously brawled over um, when we covered it for Place to Be Nation. So Scott and I had about a forty-five minute argument about reasonable response times for paramedics and Hulk Hogan's role and Macho Man, and we're not gonna try to copy it. We're not even gonna re-listen to it. We we've all vowed not to. Uh, you can, if you want, go into the archives and find that um, and hear Scott and I's epic battle. Uh, but we're going to just pull the match up again, um, you know, and watch it and and react and and see what comes of it. But there was heat before. We'll see if there's heat again uh, on Cronoso. Well, I'm sure there will be. Here. Yeah, I'm sure and it'll, it'll be. On, well, this hopefully this one will be on YouTube. On video. Yeah, this will be on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, those are the best ones. We just did one. Uh, yeah, announce the, uh, that. Plug that. And, yeah, plug that. Yeah. Oh, you plugged it right? Okay, thank you. No, I'm saying do and, it now. Oh, okay. Uh, me, uh, Rock and Ryan, and uh, D'Amato did um, – we just did one of the debut of the Bushwhackers on there, uh, some of the vignettes, and uh, match with the Bolsheviks, and that's on Cronoso on YouTube right now. So uh, check it out. And shout out to our boy Rock and Ryan, too. He's going through a tough time. He um, He's a high school football coach, and the team had, had a couple big wins – so now the athletic council is looking into some urine tests for steroids. And also, even though the team has been doing well, uh, the special teams has been really poor. And that's something he coaches, kickoff returns, and that's been going really bad. So there's a lot of pressure. People in the press are calling for his head and stuff. He's got to put, put a neck brace on if he's giving out Yeah, steroids. yeah, he needs something to kind of – right now he's a heel in the eyes of the public out in Massachusetts. Oh, my so. goodness. My goodness! Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. we don't want to get we don't want to get canceled. And and like Vince, you know, there's some implications that he's forcing the kids onto the roids, you know, for the team. <laughs> so there's some worry there. And then again, like I said, the special teams play has just been very brutal, which is his area. So, uh, shout out to our boy. We're thinking of you, and hopefully, you can get through it all. Um, and either you know, no matter what, prison, no prison, Dave and I will be there to support you. Hang, hang in there, brother. Yeah, hang in there. I'll testify for you. All right. I think with that said, uh, before my voice goes out officially, uh, all we have left to do is say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and tell your friends about the 24-inch podcast. Brother, 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 brother.